Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Well, today we're going to see how 2013 wrapped up for industrial real estate in the U.S. Uh, we'll look into the show's crystal ball, if you will, to see what we might expect for property level performance and cap rates moving forward. We'll also talk about the, the numbers, of course, but we'll also look behind the curtain. Well, please welcome my first guest, Renee Sirk, Director of Research Industrial with CoStar, U.S. leading commercial real estate research firm. Renee, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, to get us started, you know, how did the industrial market perform in the U.S. in 2013? You know, the market performed very well. Uh, but before I get into the entire year, I need to give a special holler to the fourth quarter, <laughs> assuming you can holler at a quarter. <laughs> And that is because we saw 45 million square feet absorbed during that quarter alone. And that wow. place is the sixth strongest quarter on record. So that doesn't feel like this slow recovery that uh, we've been having. Uh, that was actually a very strong quarter. That's amazing. But focusing on the year itself, um, that, was, that was fine. The year was good. 124 million square feet absorbed, which compares to 84 million square feet before. So that's about a 50% increase year over year. That's very strong. But, you know, to put it in perspective, 162 million square feet was absorbed at the peak in 2007. So, you know, that's, we still have about a quarter to come back. Now, vacancies are phenomenal. 7.6% is our reading across the PPR 54, which is essentially our, our nation. And um, that is a lower point than any other time in the last cycle. So to put it differently, one needs to look back all the way to the internet bubble years to find vacancies that are lower than where we just ended up the year of 2013. So that's, that's excellent. And of course, supply is the, is the culprit here. Uh, there's been very little delivered, only about 70 million square feet delivered in 2013, which is less than half of what would be normal for the size of the market we track. We track about 10 billion feet. So when you put it all together, what do you end up with? You end up with a market that has actually strong rent growth. And uh, rents in 2013 grew about 4.5%. But if you think of markets like Dallas, which historically don't have rent growth at all, we saw much stronger numbers. Dallas, for example, was 6.8%. There's one more interesting uh, concept here, which is we've developed this little index which uh, looks at how widespread the, the rent growth is. And we essentially are comparing the number of markets that are uh, actually, sorry, this is a submarket basis, the number of submarkets that are experiencing growth versus not. And the ratio now is three to one. So for those who are not good at math, that's 75%. <laughs> and uh, that means 75% of all submarkets, and we track about 2,000 submarkets, are seeing rents rising. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a good news. That's uh, incredible for the economy and, and, of course, everyone involved in the commercial real estate world. So do you expect this to trend to continue into 2014? Yes especially on the rent side. Uh, on the sort of occupancies and vacancies side, 2014 will be a transition year. Uh, given the supply pipeline that is still pretty low, we are tracking just under 100 million feet under construction today. Vacancies will fall another 50 basis points. So we'll end the year probably in the 7-1 territory. But at the end of the, the this year and the beginning of the following year, um, vacancies will start to rise as developers who've been standing by idly way too long are, are definitely coming back. So rents will grow 
it will be definitely a widespread recovery in rents because we are not not at the previous peaks yet, at least not in all markets. Uh, but vacancies uh, are going to start flattening out, and the year 2015 is going to be where actually some work is going to have to be done. Well, that's still pretty positive for for 14 and uh, and good news. What about uh, sales volume and cap rates, Renee? What what do you see in 2013? Well, we don't have all the numbers from the fourth quarter yet across the country, especially in the markets. A non-disclosure market takes a little bit of time to to collect, but based on preliminary numbers from the fourth quarter and obviously full year, the year is going to be up in sales volume, about 22%. So that's what we have now. There's more trades to still come in. So maybe it will be 25%, maybe even more than that uh, year over year. So that is, that is very strong. And to put it in perspective, that compares favorably to essentially all the other property types. Multifamily is up 14%, office 17 retail only 7%. So this is definitely becoming the, the year or the couple years of, of industrial, which, you know, I'm industrial, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> But to put it once again in perspective, the market is still about 15% below the 2007 peak. But even here we can, we can come up with a positive story, and that is that 15% below peak level is on a, on a dollar basis. If you look at square feet that are being traded, so in other words, the activity in the market, uh, we are actually at all-time highs. 2013 will end up above 2007 in terms of the number of square feet, or total sum of square feet that traded. So activity, activity is very strong, and, and we're essentially seeing uh, a lack of sales versus uh, a lack of, uh, lack of uh, buyers. Now, on the cap rate side, when you have strong demand and not enough supply, uh, prices get pushed up, or in other words, cap rates get pushed down in this case. And we are seeing cap rates at all-time lows. And this is the case in more and more and more markets. This is not just that Miami and Southern California, maybe Houston and Seattle story. We are starting to see it in, in more markets like, like Pennsylvania, for example, like Dallas. The spreads between Dallas today and L.A. are probably the lowest they've ever been. So, so capital is starting to fan out into, into uh, more and more markets. And I expect that to just continue in 2014. So can you give us a prediction for, for cap rates for 2014 and how they might adjust in the industrial sector? Well, cap rates are low. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's no doubt. But so are interest rates, and there's still a lot of room in the spread. So I'm actually not expecting any meaningful rise in cap rates in 2014. Uh, one of the reasons is what I already discussed, which is there's way too much capital chasing potentially too few deals, but also interest rates are now rising. If you look at the forward curve, and that's actually what we look at when we think about where could cap rates go in the, in the future, since the taper began, so essentially beginning of this year, uh, the forward curve has fallen 30 to 40 basis points. So today, interest rates are 40 basis points lower than they were at the, at the end of last year. So the taper was a lot of, lot of fear, but... Uh, but it is not materializing in higher interest rates. That doesn't mean higher interest rates won't come. But the other good thing here is that this time around, interest rates are going to be rising because of a stronger economy and not necessarily because of uh, fear of inflation. And what stronger economy does, it compresses risk spreads. So even if we look beyond 2014, we don't expect a meaningful increase in in interest rates, uh, sorry, in cap rates, even though interest rates may rise, because cap rates will offset that increase. 
Okay, and we're talking with Renee Cirque, Director of Research with CoStar. And Renee, what's what's making industrial so hot today, or or, or if you will, what what is hot in, in the industrial space? Is there certain areas or property ty- types that you see are um, hotter than the others? You know, it's the whole market. Um, we have more and more clients wanting to get into the space. Mm-hmm. People have historically just done office or, or multifamily. We are we are getting a lot of calls about, I want to be in the industrial. And the, the change that we saw in 2013 has been, it's not only about the big building. Uh, the smaller spaces are, are coming back. And the other thing I'm, going to, uh, I'm, I'm expecting to see in 2014 is that there are going to be more developers. Um, there are going to be names that historically were potentially in the industrial space, but they were mostly acquirers. And now, especially when cap rates are this low, they're starting to look at, well, maybe building my space. In special markets like Lehigh Valley, uh, maybe even Dallas, where there's land and, and uh, pricing is uh, above uh, replacement costs now, there are going to be more developers in the market. So you expect to see a lot more construction starts in 2014? Absolutely. And, and ex- with new names uh, attached to them. New names and, uh, and new markets. And definitely new markets. I mean, it started in Southern California, but now it's uh, it's getting pretty wide uh, widespread. Still low numbers. I mean, still we are still 100 million versus what would be normal for the size of the market, 160 million underway at any given point. But that 100 million is way more than 40 million this time last year. So it's coming. Well, Renee, you're giving us a pretty bright outlook for industrial. So uh, we appreciate it, and thanks for uh, joining us today. My pleasure to do it. Thank you. And if you like more information from Renee Cirque and, and uh, CoStar, visit CoStar.com. We'll stay with us in a moment. We'll have more intel on the industrial market, including a, a look behind the curtain with a participant who is very active in the space. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate-related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. For example, last week we covered the multifamily market, and the week before we looked at retail and retail real estate. There are lots of interesting shows to choose from. Just grab your phone, tablet, or computer and visit the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today we're talking about the U.S. industrial market. Please welcome my next guest. Join us by Skype, Mitch Rochelle, partner and U.S. real estate advisory practice leader with PwC. Mitch, welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks, Mike. And I'm thrilled to be the first ever Skyped-in guest. That's right. The first Skyped-in guest on the show. We're glad to have you. Well, Mitch, what do you see as far as the industrial fundamentals? How are they trending? Well, you sort of need a little bit of a historical perspective. Let's go back to year 2000. We added uh, supply in 2000. We added supply in 2001. But then the additions to supply sort of fell off uh, with the financial crisis that hit. And 
industrial being the least sexy of all of the real estate sub asset classes isn't going to get a lot of lender love. So uh, there wasn't a lot of construction lending for industrial. And it wasn't until really the past year where we added uh, 233 million square feet of industrial space that we really saw uh, some additions to supply. But there's still a big gap between absorption and additions to supply, which I think really is the underpinning of the strong fundamentals for the sector. Okay, so you're seeing strong fundamentals on on rates and occupancy. What about rate growth? What do you see there? Well, rent growth similarly uh, really is is kind of a great story, forgive my paper shuffling here, uh, where because of that supply and demand imbalance, we're seeing rent growth um, that uh, is really a good story. Uh, 2013, we saw rents get into 522, which is the highest level since 2009. And then the great rate growth rate is even a better story, which is uh, the highest rent great rent growth rate, excuse me, since 2006. So it's the fact that we have demand for the space, we have an added supply, it's being absorbed, and it's driving up rents. Right. And what do you think is driving these fundamentals, Mitch? Uh, why is why is industrial doing so well? You mentioned the lack of, of new construction, but uh, where are these tenants coming from? Well, you think about what's going on in the box, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all about the retail um, demand. It's all about the supply chain. Um, and, you know, I, Ryan Severino's uh, on the show as well. Ryan likes to talk about retail being under demolished. I think we have a little bit of that in industrial as well. Uh, we have industrial that's a little old, antiquated, doesn't have the right clearances, doesn't have the right number of bays. So there's some subsector of industrial that's sort of obsolesce, obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have retailers that need to get goods to consumers. Uh, and in a period of rising fuel prices, you want to get those warehouses closer to where the consumers are. Yeah, that makes sense. And we're talking with Mitch Rochelle with PwC about the industrial market. And what about investment sales, Mitch? Uh, what do you see for, for average cap rates around the country, and how are they trending? Cap rates, you know, the interesting thing about cap rates, and I'll draw a distinction between the, the light industrial and uh, and regular industrial, um, cap rates continue to compress. And I think the last time I was on your show talking about industrial, which may have been three quarters ago, I, I believe I said that cap rates won't continue to compress. So, okay, I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> and, and the reason for that is there's just a strong demand for the asset class and there's rent growth. So investors are willing to pay a lower yield, but the cap rate sits right now at 625 for industrial. That's really the lowest level in history, and it's considerably below the 10-year um, straight average. Um, but if you look at uh, the light manufacturing, uh, the flex space, um, cap rates aren't compressing there. And I think that really goes to there's a little bit more risk in um, flex space in terms of business risk than there is in straight industrial. Okay. But uh, speaking of forecast, I mean, if you look back at the year before, not this past, this recent emerging trends, but the year before, I think you guys did predict that there would be a lot of uh, demand for industrial investment properties. Yeah, well, and there's two things uh, that came out of this year's emerging trends was one, similar to last year, uh, the buy rating for industrial was the highest across all real estate food groups and two thirds of our participants saying it was a buy. But this year, industrial was the number one um, in development prospect as well as the number one investment prospect. And from a development perspective, we haven't seen industrial on top in the history of emerging trends. So it really tells you that investors are focusing on something that's relatively quick to build, relatively inexpensive to build, aren't as many barriers to entry as other commercial real estate sub-asset classes, and tremendous demand. 
Right. Good point. Well, which cities are investors most interested in, Mitch? Where, where is the velocity and the demand for the investors? Yeah, they're sort of in buckets. So um, the number one is Dallas. And uh, I talk a lot about Tex and Texas and Tex in, in the state of Texas. Dallas is the winner. But you got New York. Uh, New York's a story of the biggest base of consumers for retail products. Uh, that's why there's demand there, because we need to get the warehouses close to where the people are. Um, Phoenix is really a housing story. And then some of the other cities that are hot, uh, Memphis, San Jose, Austin, again, that's sort of the tech story. Um, and then, but if you look at it, it's it's metropolises where have a high concentration of people because there's been a lot of press of late of uh, the online retailers trying to make sure they can get the goods to people quickly. Okay. And if uh, you're watching this on the radio, uh, you're not going to see these uh, these charts. But if you're listening to the podcast, there's a link to these uh, po- these. Uh, these charts below, and of course, if you're on YouTube, you're you're seeing them. And one of the things that you you guys do, Mitch, that I really like to see is not only these charts show where we are today, but that in some cases show a forecast of where we're going. So, what do you expect to see moving forward in the industrial market in 2014 and beyond? Well, I, I think what's going to happen is we'll get to a point where uh, the additions to supply catch up with absorption. Um, however, there's still a, a cavern in terms of demand that we've had for space when we weren't adding to supply and that obsolescence factor that I talked about a little bit. So I think the fundamentals for rent growth r- remain. Um, and if I look at, at real estate, all of the real estate food groups, I think industrial and multifamily have a lot in common in terms of a relatively low availability rate and high demand for the space, which is what's going to drive up rents over time. So you're expecting uh, more rate growth. And on cap rates, you expect uh, some more compression? or Yeah, no, uh, you know, the pro- I don't know, because, you know, three quarters ago, I lied to your audience <laughs> when I said that they wouldn't com- continue to compress. Um, the thing that's interesting about cap rate compression is if we see interest rates going up, which let's assume we will see interest rates going up, um, if there'll be a gap between rate interest rates and cap rates. Um, and I think given how hot industrial is relative to sort of the rest of the real estate investment world, I think we'll see cap rate, a little bit of cap rate compression, you know, five basis points, 10 basis points, uh, where you might not see it in office. Uh, so if rates go, interest rates go up uh, and office cap rates hold steady or tick up a bit, I could actually see industrial staying low. And again, it's all about the supply and demand um, and, and the supply chain and, and the linkage to the retail sector. All right. Well, you heard it here on the show. We're real short on the break, but in 30 seconds, Mitch, where are the opportunities? Uh, I think the opportunities are in the suburbs around uh, urban areas because uh, the demand for space is going to be around order fulfillment. Um, and I think the opportunities are along major um, transportation hubs and transportation corridors. So your interstates north and south, your interstates east and west, and don't rule out rail lines. Uh, and the last thing I'll say is we'll see what happens with the big coastal cities with the Panama Canal. Although I don't think that's a 2014 story. I think it's more of a 2015 story. Well, Mitch, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. And I'm, again, thrilled to be your first Skyped-in ever guest, Michael. <laughs> Thank you. And if you like more from Mitch and PwC, visit pwc.com. We'll have more on the industrial mar- market in just a moment. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404 
832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We have some great shows coming up for you. Next week, we'll cover the hospitality sector. And the week after that, we'll look at architecture and design. Be sure to catch shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, today, we're discussing industrial real estate. Please welcome my next guest, Scott Seeley, Chairman Seeley & Company an investment and operating company acquiring, developing, and redeveloping regional distribution, warehouse, industrial flex, and other industrial properties located primarily in the southeastern, south central, and southwestern U.S. Mr. Seeley, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I'm here. Well, we, it. we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, you have a lot of properties around the country, and uh, you guys are on the firing line with these properties. And So what do you see for occupancy and tenant demand in your properties today? Well, today, uh, in, in reflecting on 13, we, we really began to see an improvement in the market in 2012. But in 13, our overall portfolio grew in occupancy by about 900 basis points. That looks like that's going to continue. We're at about 90% today. And it started really in the middle of the country and moved east. And it's a, it's a very encouraging sign the way the market is moving. And how does that compare to, to say, over the last 10 years or so? What, uh, what, what's the trend there? Well, the trend, I believe, is that uh, the bigger spaces started uh, leasing early, and then uh, the smaller spaces started leasing. And typically, what we saw before was the larger spaces lagged a little bit behind the smaller spaces in the recovery. Okay. And in the larger spaces, is that because of the the dot-com and the online sales that these larger uh, spaces had leased up faster? I think it was the availability of credit. The... um, the larger national companies with corporate credit had the ability to uh, uh, realize the recovery sooner and they were able to use uh, their business plans and expand, whereas the smaller companies, it took longer for the credit availability to reach them and they, uh, they just began to participate in the market in 13. And that's a big part of it, isn't it? If these, if these companies can get financing, then they can expand and, and they can grow, right? That's true. Yeah. And what about uh, the residential housing market? Are you seeing some of the smaller and uh, regional and, and local tenants? Are some of those coming back from, from the housing recovery now? Are you seeing any of that? E-commerce and housing are both driving uh, a good portion of the industrial recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, e-commerce, I think, accounted for almost 50% of the uh, new build-a-suit development that went on. Housing followed that somewhat a little bit later, but... Uh, those two are the biggest drivers, but overall, it's a, it's really a broad increase in activity across all sectors. Well, that's great. And what, where can a tenant maybe get the, the best deal right now where there's the most opportunities to, to get space? And then what, on the other side of the coin, what, which markets are really tight right now? Uh, the best deals probably are still in Florida and Atlanta. Um, and perhaps Nashville. The uh, strongest markets for us are in Phoenix, Dallas, and Houston. Yeah. And you're headquartered in Dallas? We are in Dallas, yes. Okay. And we're on the Dallas radio here. So well, say good. hello, right? Hello, everybody. <laughs> say hello to the family, right? Um, well, of the, what are the industries and the type of tenants 
that you're seeing more activity from right now? In the larger spaces uh, that are available, we're seeing more in the home building industry and mm -hmm. service providers to that industry. And um, generally, the, uh, the smaller tenants are really just growing companies that uh, are in all sorts of businesses. Okay. Well, that's good. So it's really broad-based then. Broad-based. What do you see uh, for trends related to, to lease packages and incentives that uh, these tenants are able to negotiate in some of these markets? Well, Michael, it's, it's really all across the board when you look at um, uh, in Dallas and Houston and, and that market in the central part of the country, it's probably a year ahead of, say, an Atlanta or Jacksonville market. So what we're seeing happening in the leading markets is more of a contraction of the uh, free rent. So maybe re free rent is down roughly 50% as a, as an as a package uh, going out to a tenant. Mm -hmm. On the TI package, it's probably shrunk about 30%. And in fact, I think rents uh, are up five to 10% on an overall basis. But in, in, the, in the slower markets, the ones that are now in significant recovery, it's a little bit less robust than that today yeah well i think some of these tenants may be in some rate shock then in uh, some of these markets right i think i think that could be the case yeah we do think that uh, rental rate growth could be five six seven percent a year for a few years well that's good news for for the market and good news for the economy and uh well we're going to take a short break here when we get back we're going to talk more about some tenant strategies and landlord strategies for space and we're going to look at the investment market a little bit i'm michael bull this is the commercial real estate show we'll be right back the commercial real estate show is brought to you in part by your friends at bull realty when your business requires proven performance visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You're invited to check out the Commercial Real Estate Show on YouTube. That's right. If you're listening to the show on uh, one of the 12 radio stations around the country or on the podcast, a lot of our shows are on video. You'll find a great selection like Reese on Real Estate and the Fed's View on Commercial Real Estate. You're invited to subscribe to the channel so you don't miss a show of special interest to you. Just visit YouTube and search for the channel Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing industrial real estate with Scott Seeley with Seeley and & Company. And, um, and Scott, you said you're, you're getting more demand from some of these smaller tenants. Uh, where's that demand coming from? Uh, why are they growing? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think tenant demand is really coming from the certainty of the business climate today. Uh, the jobs growth is taking place in the marketplace. Um, a, an, the availability of credit that's primarily the reasons. Okay, yeah, it makes sense, and uh, you know everything's uh, clicking a little, a little more cylinders today. Well, what about some of the trends that you see in build outs and and ceiling heights and uh, you know truck courts and 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 uh, lead certified buildings? What do you see on build out? Anything any different today than than you've seen in the past? Well, in the supply chain, uh, the warehouse properties are or significantly more valuable mm -hmm. uh, to the companies that are that are using the supply chain mm -hmm. in their business. Um, 
there's more going on in the warehouse than there used to be. So yes, there is a little more requirement for office space. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a, a need for additional parking in the bigger structures and bigger properties where it's more logistics oriented, a lot more trailer parking, a lot more fiber optics, all kinds of things that uh, go into adding to the value of the supply chain that's going on, the activity in there. Uh, but basically, I think it does get back to they want a stable landlord, they want a good tight uh, waterproof uh, roof, and they want good efficient mechanical systems, which now you're seeing more LEED certified buildings, and that's all part of that. Right. What about ceiling heights? Uh, what's the norm today in a new building? You know, everybody wants a lar uh, taller ceiling height, yeah. but they don't really use them as much. So, yeah. sure, if you have a logistics center that's really dependent upon a very expensive racking system, that's true. But typically in tenants of 20 to 75, 100,000 feet, uh, they may not have the same stacking requirements that much larger spaces are. So we haven't seen a tremendous change. Maybe 24-foot clear ceilings are really a minimum, but it's not necessarily that everybody needs 32 clear. Okay, and you get to see a lot of these these tenants' logistics needs and uh, and and their operational efficiencies. Do you have a tip if we've got a, a tenant out there, uh, a tip for uh, operations or efficiencies uh, and logistics? Well, I, b I believe uh, in all of those cases, what they're looking for is the right business environment. So if they're in locations that provide the ancillary services of shipping capacity, uh, good fiber optics, good utilities, constant power. That's really what they're looking for. Yeah. So anything that a tenant sometimes might overlook that that later they find is real important in the location that they choose and the building that they pick? Uh, maybe the efficiencies of the uh, lighting systems and mm -hmm. some of those kind of things, but probably more importantly, um, you know, is are there taxes, the ad valorem taxes on the building co as competitive as they could be? Mm -hmm. Are the common area costs that are incurred by that building, are they equal to competitive spaces or are they five to 20% less than, than they may incur in, in an alternative location? Okay, well, those are some good tips. And let's change our discussion a little bit here to the capital markets. Uh, what do you see for investor demand in cap rates for some of the stable, high-credit type of uh, properties? Well, in the primary markets, um, I, believe, uh, I believe all the cap rates are somewhat stable. But in the primary markets, they probably have a little room to maybe decline slightly. Um, I think in the secondary markets and and less than the core markets, you may see a cap rate compression of another 50 to 100 basis points over the next year. It's a very competitive market with capital. Um, there's not there's a lot of demand for industrial investments. Allocations of industrial by institutions is lower than they like for it to see in their to see in their portfolio. So there's a growing demand for uh, invested capital in the industrial sector. So. I don't see cap rates going up until interest rates go up maybe 50 to 100 basis points. Yeah, and that's interesting. And then, you know, some investors will look at some of these lower cap rates and think, wow, you know, I might have some uh, sell side uh, risk because interest rates may go up. So cap rates may go up a little. But as you're sharing with us today, you have a lot of uh, rental increases, some rate increases that uh, you still could make a nice profit when you resell this property, right? 
I think that's right. You know, the trough uh, typically in the industrial market lasts mm-hmm. about 18 months in a recession. Mm-hmm. With this one at four years, there are a number of properties that you can buy income producing assets that were leased in the trough of the market in the recession. And so there's significant growth that way. Then there's also just significant growth, we think, in as, as rents move to some percentage of replacement costs of the assets. So it's a, it's a good market where we would expect to see three, four, five, six, seven percent rental increases a year for the next few years. Wow, that's amazing. And it really makes industrial, uh, <laughs> a large appetite from investors for the industrial market. Well, we're going to have more on the industrial investment market and a few more tips for you. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. We're excited to announce a new video series called Ask Michael Bull. Each business day, we post a video to a listener-submitted commercial real estate question. To access the discussions or to submit your question, visit YouTube channel Commercial Real Estate Show or Twitter account at Ask Michael Bull. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show, where we always like to have fun. Well, we're excited to announce a new service on the show. It's called Ask Michael Bull. Every business day, I answer a listener's question on video. You can check it out at the Twitter account, Ask Michael Bull, or on our YouTube channel, Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, today we're discussing the industrial market with Scott Seeley with Seeley and Company. And Scott, we talked a little bit about cap rates. So on these high credit tenant properties, these core assets, you see, see cap rates running in the six to seven range? Six to seven percent in significant markets where there is some lease term and the credit's good and the, mm-hmm. it's a newer property. Mm-hmm. And then it graduates, I think, as you move to a more of a secondary market to seven to eight percent cap rates but uh, overall there people are trying to to uh, i think achieve a yield that's somewhere in the seven to eight to nine percent over overall on unleveraged return mm-hmm. and that's uh it's very those are still very attractive cap rates okay yeah they are uh, especially when you look at the how low interest rates are right now and the, and the safety that the industrial seems to have. What about some of the properties that that have a little lease-up risk or have some renewal risk? Uh, Are there some opportunities there and what differences in in cap rates do you see typically there? Well, I think that's where the opportunities are Mm -hmm. in A and B assets Mm -hmm. where you do have some lease uh, momentum and, Mm -hmm. and NOI growth that's potentially going to take place there. Mm -hmm. Uh, In those properties, there's probably 100 to 150 basis point premium that you'll receive in in return uh, just because they are multi-tenant typically they may have some current vacancy or they may have some future vacancy over the next year to three years through rollover or whatever Uh, so that's that's really from our perspective uh, you're able to buy those properties that discounts the replacement cost you're able to 
enhance your return and we think still mitigate risk. Okay. And you guys at Sealy and company are, are active buyers. And so if a listener has a, a, a particular property they may want to bring to you, what type of property should they bring to you to possibly for you to acquire? We like vacant or leased assets or partially leased buildings. In primary markets, we'll, we like to buy A and B properties. Mm-hmm. Um, typically sizes would be a five to 25, $40 million investment size. Mm-hmm. In secondary markets, we'd prefer uh, class A or class A minus industrial buildings in good business parks uh, with all the amenities for distribution. Okay, and we talked about how strong the industrial market is right now. What are lenders think of the industrial market on the financing side and how do they look at uh, these value add or, 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 or lease issued properties compared to you know, these core assets? The institutions are interested in making loans on industrial properties. Mm-hmm. The appetite for lending is way up, mm-hmm. uh, particularly since the last two quarters. But I believe that uh, they still don't want to give you a whole lot of credit for vacancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will give you, some, they'll make the loans more attractive by giving you may, uh, maybe another advance if you achieve your leasing success. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are making a much more flexible terms than I think has been traditional in the market. So they're trying to work with you, but they're not going to lend more money than the uh, pro forma and the, their expectations uh, and their guidelines of their loan limits. Typical loan to value ratios? Uh, we're seeing anywhere from 60 to 75 percent. Okay. Uh, Scott, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you'd like more information from Sealy & Company, visit SealyNet.com. That's S-E-A-L-Y-N-E-T, SealyNet.com. Well, I have a question for you as a listener. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll be talking about the hospitality market. You don't want to miss that. So thanks for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Atlanta Office Liquidators, new and used furniture liquidators, France Media, publications and conferences, and Bull Realty Commercial Brokerage, a great place to do business. For more information on these companies or to access additional podcasts, videos, or blogs, visit commercialrealestateshow.com.